Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. The show today, Governor Tate Reeves and uh, Greg Michelle, who's director of the Emergency Management Association in Mississippi, MEMA, and uh, also uh, Dr. Dobbs from the State Department of Health, uh, visiting with the uh, media in their daily press conference. That's wrapping up right now. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being with us. Uh, press conference today took on a little bit different feel than what it has. Obviously, there was a, plenty of talk about COVID-19, coronavirus, uh, still some questions about schools and uh, when the official word on um, that is going to come. We anticipate that very uh, soon uh, in the next couple of days. I think that announcement is scheduled for tomorrow. Is that accurate, Borky? I believe you are correct. think that that announcement is uh, is coming tomorrow. Uh, so we'll wait and see uh, on that. Uh, as it stands right now, we are one week away uh, from the lifting of the shelter-at-home um, proclamation or edict from the uh, the governor that was uh, originally put in place and is scheduled at this point to end at 8 o'clock on uh, Monday morning, April the 20th. Now, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, that certainly could be extended I don't think that there is any interest in extending that uh, if it doesn't absolutely have to happen, uh, but we'll wait and see. And, of course, in addition to uh, conversation about COVID-19, coronavirus, uh, you also had a a great deal of discussion about uh, 12 tornadoes that came through the state of Mississippi yesterday, Uh, incredibly unique and damaging tornadoes, especially in the southern part of the state. Uh, the governor mentioned uh, kind of the, the last band of uh, thunderstorms that came through, uh, really hit North Mississippi hard last night. Uh, no tornadic activity, uh, but straight line winds that uh, did damage in uh, various parts of North Mississippi, including Oxford, uh, where I live. That was about 10, 1030 last night when those uh, kind of rolled through. And it felt like you'd kind of gotten through the bad weather and then you had one more punch to uh, end the day. So uh, yesterday, a tragic day. Uh, in terms of uh, the weather in the state of Mississippi on uh, on Easter Sunday. So uh, a lot going on over the weekend. We do welcome you to Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. We'll remind you that the C Spire text line is open. That is the best way for you to connect with us during the program. 601-879-4395 is that number, 601 879 4395. If you would like to be a part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line, at Ceasefire, they're not just saying they care, they're taking action to show it through COVID 19 and every day from free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home. Learn more at ceasefire.com slash ceasefire cares. Kind of an eventful weekend, Borky. What's up, my friend? Oh, yeah, uh, to say the least. And uh, we do get a text in right now, and I'll echo the statement. Uh, Listening to to you uh, and and Will and Gags yesterday, um, that was really good stuff. I mean, for a sports guy, you're pretty good at the whole breaking news thing. Uh, Not to toot your own horn or anything, but, man. That's kind of you to say that. It it was uh, – I I had you on, and then I was uh, flipping through Netflix and then going back and forth to the Weather Channel. And when you have national – meteorologists 
distraught at the images of tornadoes happening in our state, it makes you feel things. I mean, it was you're you're helpless watching it because there's nothing you can do in the moment, and you know that there are people that are about to get hit by these things. It was I mean, just a surreal day watching professionals with decades of experience uh, unable to describe how there were two tornadoes, massive ones, basically following an identical path behind each other yesterday in the Pine Belt. It was uh, it was very surreal. But um, you guys uh, did a really good job yesterday uh, trying to inform the people as best you could. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate you saying that. Uh, we were on from uh, 2.30 until 6 uh, last night uh, on the entire network, so 12 stations that cover all 82 counties in uh, in Mississippi. And, you know, we, we've talked about it before. The um, The mission of Super Talk Mississippi is to, uh, to make sure that the state of Mississippi in its entirety has the news that it needs when it needs it. And um, news doesn't always look at the calendar. So uh, it was... Uh, a privilege to uh, to be a part of that. Will did a great job kind of uh, keeping everything going technically and also helping. And uh, Stephen Gagliano from News Mississippi was uh, was great uh, keeping up with all of the updates. Uh, you know, it's it's a little it's a little weird or a little hard to try and keep up with the National Weather Service updates when they are coming fast and furious over the course of three hours. It's like, okay, what what um, what's good right now? What has expired? What's getting re-upped? And uh, so. Uh, a lot to consume, but uh, certainly was uh, good to be with uh, fellow Mississippians uh, throughout the day yesterday. And, uh, you know, you, you look at it, Borky, and good grief. I mean, just tragedy everywhere you look, especially in those parts of South Mississippi. Um, you know, Bassfield is an area that we talked a lot about yesterday. So-so is a, an area that uh, took a direct hit. Um, you know, in, in terms of loss of life, when the storms were as significant and as violent as they were, yeah, you, you can't help but feel like it could have been worse. Uh, this was one of those things, though, where I think the National Weather Service did a, a remarkable job because you remember the last thing we talked about Friday before we wrapped up was the fact that severe weather was coming this weekend and uh, we were going to do the best that we could to keep you uh, informed with what was going. I, I think people having a heads up and the fact that you didn't have as many people traveling uh, on an Easter Sunday, as normally you would have, uh, may have contributed to um, the loss of life being lower than it actually was. But, uh, boy, just uh, heartbreaking to uh, see some of those images and hear some of the stories uh, that are coming out in the uh, the aftermath of uh, yesterday's storms. Hey, Dad, you make it through the weekend okay? Yeah. Yeah, everything everything okay up here in Starkville. Looks like most of the the really severe weather missed us. I did spend about forty five minutes in the bathroom with the kids and the with the wife and the cats and a guinea pig on a on sat on Sunday. But beyond that, it looks like we got we got out pretty unscathed. Is a guinea pig a new addition to the Hey Dad household? Ah, uh, we've had the guinea pig for about a year now. Okay, yeah. so that wasn't like an Easter surprise. No, no, no. That was uh, we got that for her birthday last year. I was I was in Omaha when that was purchased. Actually, I got you. So uh, cats and a, do the cats and the guinea pig get along? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which is surprising. You would think cats and a rodent wouldn't would be you know mortal enemies, but uh, they 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 seem to get along. They don't we don't put them in contact with each other a whole lot. And the guinea pig was in a little carrier while we were in the bathroom. So fair enough. Um, Starkville was an area yesterday, Starkville and Octibia, uh, excuse me, Octibaha County, where it felt like there were a bunch of warnings that were in place and things kind of stayed to the south a little bit and uh, by and large ended up missing that area. Yeah, yeah, it looked like 
there was once uh, it was in Ackerman, then it got to Sturgis, and I thought, okay, it's just it's just coming up Highway 12, so we'll see it soon. But it, it apparently diverted or whatever, and uh, like I said, it would, a lot of rain, a lot of wind, but but no damage that I that I know of. Rippy, you were able to stay safe yesterday. Yeah, uh, I drove back from Jackson through some pretty heavy rain for parts of it, but by the time I got to like North Mississippi, it was pretty clear, and then I was asleep by the time everything hit at night. But I think we lost power or something, but other than that, we were all right. So the power did come back on at some point overnight? Yeah, but I was actually asleep before we lost power. I think we were one of the last areas in Oxford to lose it, because I was about 11 o'clock we still had power. Yeah, it was kind of uh, it was kind of interesting. So straight line winds were what caused the damage in the Oxford area last night, and I'll admit to doing something that I wasn't supposed to do. Vorky, can can I admit that? That's I guess right. I can get in trouble. This is very much a, a do as I say, not as I do thing. Um. I am fascinated with weather and storms and checking on whether or not people need help or whatever after the fact. So as soon as it was evident that we weren't having tornadoes and the storm system was uh, was through, we had a big tree that kind of split in our front yard. So I kind of got out and checked that out and got out and rode around. And it was it was weird. There were some areas fairly close to where we live where you had trees that were down, like big oak trees that were down. But then like in and around the square, like North Lamar, South Lamar, the square, I described it to Jane this morning as it's almost like there wasn't even a leaf out of place. And the grove, where you're thinking about all those trees, and I thought, good grief, I wonder if they've got major tree damage. Nothing, like a couple of branches that came down. And then you look at uh, another part of Oxford uh, where there were some significant trees that were down on power lines and on houses and and whatnot. So uh, it's kind of weird how some of these weather systems work. It's almost like they, they pick and choose, uh, not consciously, but the, the system kind of picks and choose the, uh, chooses the areas that it hits. So uh, we hope that you and your family made it through uh, safely yesterday. Uh, maybe you woke up without power this morning, and uh, hopefully that's being restored. Uh, I do encourage you. And by the way, I was careful last night, and I stayed clear of any of the emergency workers who were doing uh, what they were supposed to be doing, but you had... Uh, you know, electric department and city officials who were out with chainsaws at midnight last night that were uh, cutting trees and clearing roads and trying to get power restored. Um, I only mention that because it's what I saw in the Oxford area, but I know that was happening uh, in cities and towns and communities all over the state of Mississippi. Uh, so hopefully you and your family and your uh, close friends are okay. And for those that are not, uh, our hearts uh, are with you today. Uh, we're keeping you uh, in our prayers and hoping for uh, for blessings on you as you go through the uh, recovery process. Jason tells me that uh, that was a microburst. Fair enough. I've heard it called a squall line. Microburst is the first time that I've heard that uh, particular uh, way of describing it. Uh, a lot of people have uh, described it as straight line winds, not tornadic activity. So whatever it was, uh, a little bit of a mess where uh, where we were. Got a bunch to get to uh, this afternoon with you. I think, I mean, considering that we have no actual sports, Borky, uh, a good bit of stuff to get into over the course of the next two and a half hours. Yeah, and uh, most of them related to the coronavirus in some way or another, although we did just get breaking news. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have made Christian McCaffrey uh, the richest running back in the history of the National Football League. 
uh, a big time contract, sixteen million a year extension, a contract worth uh, seventy four million dollars, if I remember correctly. I've got to pull it back up, but yeah, uh, CMC, great player, great running back. They just set the market, richest running back ever. Generally speaking, we would look at that and go, nah, it's really a bad way to spend your money. Does Christian McCaffrey do enough besides just running the football that you can kind of wrap your mind around this and go, yeah, not a terrible idea? A thousand percent. Yeah, but it, it makes me wonder what this means now for an upcoming negotiation with one Alvin Kamara. It's always got to come back to the Saints. You've got your Saints pullover there sitting in Studio X. Oh, you can X. see me? Oh, yeah. I, I do see you. It's uh, all coming back to the Saints. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll dive into some of the sports from the uh, weekend and uh, some stories that are out there when we come back with you on this Monday afternoon on Super Talk Mississippi. We arrive in that uh, you might have all of the teams in Arizona. So we'll get to that coming up a little bit later this afternoon. Ben Ingram joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. But what do you make of this? According to TMZ, Dak Prescott hosted a birthday party for a friend on Friday night. That friend allegedly... With Ezekiel Elliott. And reportedly, there were over 30 people that were at the birthday party. One of the photos posted at TMZ.com shows in the background a cluster of bodies far closer than six feet apart. The photos also include a table set for a meal that would have entailed everyone sitting elbow to elbow. Present for the anti-socially distanced birthday party was Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. Actually... The party may not have been for Elliott. He was just attending. Um, State of Texas has got a stay-at-home order in place like most states do. I think 42 of the 50 states have those in place. What the heck are they doing? What's going on here? It's not smart. Not Uh, a good look. A birthday party. Big one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank but you, I was telling Thank Borky you, earlier today, you got to have a – the reason Elliot, I think, came up in the headlines, you got to have a fall guy. Like, he never stays – like, he kind of is constantly staying in trouble. you got to have everyone you can pin everything on from the cake to the booze to the, you know, decorations. Isn't that what Chris Carter said? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He might have, but – yeah, I forget what player got arrested, but he went into this rant about how you've got to have a fall guy because they can, like, you keep them around so they can take the heat off of you, stuff like that. But it is it weird that I have a separate take for each player? Because those are the only two players involved in this thing. But when you look at Elliott and Prescott and separate them, no, you want your quarterback, if you're the owner, GM, coach of the Dallas Cowboys to make better decisions and that that's just a dumb it's a dumb thing to do but since he's joined the Cowboys he's not been a headline guy like the only headline you ever read about Dak Prescott is that he's dating some Instagram model like he's never really been in the news you don't really know much about him off the field other than who he's dating and now this but here's another offseason 
where Ezekiel Elliott is in the news for doing something stupid. In a vacuum, this is dumb, but it's not as bad as, say, when he pulled down a woman's shirt in public or when he was so messed up on something that he was shoving security guards and falling over at a concert last year. Here's another offseason. When you are ordered by the government to not leave your home where Ezekiel Elliott is doing something stupid. Like, yes, it's dumb for Prescott as well, but this is like his first time, so it's easier to forgive. Here's another offseason where another dumb headline is made by your running back that you overpaid for. The only thing for me, and look, I mean, this is only a story because of the time that we're in and there's nothing going on and you're not supposed to be having a gathering any other time of the year in any other setting. This is the biggest non-story ever. Dak Prescott's hosting a birthday party for a friend. His teammate, Zeke Elliott, who is also a friend, is there. Whatever. Maybe somebody gets a picture that they can post so that TMZ can have a story that people will click on. But there's nothing wrong with it. The only thing, though, that concerns me, if I'm Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones, is we're in the process of negotiating with Dak Prescott. And there are stories out there that we're going to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. You know, whether we do or we don't, we're going to pay him a boatload of money. We want to see him make good decisions in all aspects of life. We want to see him make good decisions when he has his helmet on and his shoulder pads on and it's the fourth quarter and our team is driving. We don't want him to throw into double coverage or into triple coverage. We want him to make the right reads. We want him to make good decisions on the football field. If he's in a press conference setting, we want him to make good decisions about what he says about the organization, about what he says about his teammates, about the information that he gives away about game plans. We want him to make good decisions. In his personal life, we would like for him to make good decisions and not be a headline getter, which to your point, Borky, he hasn't been. He hasn't made a bunch of headlines for making a bunch of dumb decisions, but I'm just frustrated. It's like, why is this story even out there? I'm not even remotely surprised that Zeke Elliott made a bad decision because that's what he does. He makes bad decisions. He's a good running back. He's an overpaid running back, but he's a good running back, and he's going to continue to make bad decisions because, well, that's what we've seen him do for five, six, ten years now, however long it's been uh, that he has been getting headlines in the NFL. So like you, I'm not at all surprised that Zeke Elliott is here and, and made a poor decision that I, I would concern myself a little bit if I was Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones with the fact that there's nobody around Dak Prescott that said to – he didn't have a hand-raised guy in his life. Yeah, you know, We talk about needing hand-raised guy at the NCAA. Athletics departments need hand-raised guys. Presidential administrations need hand-raised guys that go, um, yeah, just – uh, that that's not the best idea. Dak Prescott needs a hand raised guy in his life to have Couldn't somebody. The go, opposite have happened. What is that? Like he got pressured into doing it because it is kind of an off-brand move. He's How do you get a quarterback it? for the Dallas Cowboys? How is he pressured into hosting a birthday party for thirty people for a friend during a coronavirus pandemic? Who's the friend? What I don't like know. He got pressured into doing it. I think that matters because it is kind of an off-brand move. 
He's How do you get pressure quarterback it. for the Dallas Cowboys? I, I don't see. I don't see it. Pressured I don't see this one. Hosting a birthday party for thirty people. Holy cow! Friend, what's going on, Borky? I have no idea. Yeah, what is uh, the friend? Uh, the, it's like he got pressured into doing it. I'm going to turn off this uh, this stream because it is kind of an off-brand move. And see if that helped. I don't know. With Will's in there uh, doing streaming stuff. And are we okay? What, 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 I don't. I don't know what's happening. I have no. I don't know. Be careful what you say because no it's going to air idea. twice. I think I've actually heard the third third cycle of this. I think it's I over. like Rippy. Rippy is my friend. It's over. We're good. Yeah, yeah. It was something to do with the uh, the stream, but I just turned it off. So if you were watching, sorry, but uh, we're good now. Yeah, our apologies. Still working some of the uh, kinks out. That was. Uh, that was. I didn't something. even hear any of this. I'm just. I'm just going along. But why yeah. would you not see it? Like what else? Like this is not like a surprise. Like this, this is a surprising move, is it not? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I just think he made a bad decision. I don't think he was pressured into it. No idea. Yeah, what is uh, friend? There, there it goes again. Borky, you got like some music you want to play for a second? <laughs> well, that we will just hear that twice too. I guess that's a good point. Um. Is it me? Am I the problem? You might be. If you don't hear it, it might be you. I guess so, yeah. Imagine that. Once again, I am the I am the issue. Wait, hey, Ed, you didn't hear any of that? No. So, like, everything that I had said about Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, in the middle of mm-hmm. Rippy talking and giving us some uh, crazy take, all of a sudden it started, like, playing everything that I had said playback. It's like there was a eight- or ten-second delayed recording that was heard, turning around and Heard none again. of it. Heard none of that. Well, congratulations because that was kind of Twilight Zoney. No, How is that that crazy though? Like, you think Dak Prescott just randomly was like, "I'm going to have a birthday party for someone else during a global pandemic"? He's like no, made it a point to stay out of the headlines his entire career, and then all of a sudden Absolutely he's just like, "I don't." Well, who would pressure this? him? Who who would be the one okay, pressuring? You might be getting question. too hung up on the word pressure. I just wonder if like this was like not his completely his idea. I guess is what I'm getting at. I'm, like I'm not saying he was blackmailed into it. I guess pressure. No, was, no, no. Is, I'm I'm just saying like, do you think his agents were like, hey, we we should do this? I, I don't I don't think that's the case. I think well, it'd be easier to tell you know, Rippy that I was making with. That's kind of the point that I was making with hand raise guy in that. However, it came about whether it's Dak's idea to host a, pre- a birthday party for somebody, or somebody was like, "Hey, Dak, you've got a cool crib. You mind hosting a birthday party for our buddy?" And he goes, "Sure." Why was there not someone? First of all, he should be able to say himself, "I don't really think that's the best idea right now." But in the absence of him being able to make that decision on his own, why does he not have someone in his life—a girlfriend, if uh, you know, a wife, a fiance? An Instagram model, as Borky pointed out a second ago, um, a, a, an agent, another friend who goes, hey, that's really not a good idea. It's not a good idea for the party to happen regardless. It's especially a bad idea for you, Dak, the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, to host a party at your house for 30 people in the middle of a global pandemic. Now, with that said, it's not the first time that Dak's done this. Not not a birthday party, but during the whole social distancing stay-at-home deal, they had a workout where he was uh, he was throwing with Des Bryant and some others just a week or so ago. Maybe he's just not taking COVID-19 seriously, period. Again, 
any other time. This is a complete non-story. Wild thing. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Monday afternoon. Hey, who would have won the Masters? Hey, Dad, you picked it uh, correctly a year ago. Yeah. So who would have won the Masters this year? You going back to back for Big Cat? No, this was DeChambeau's uh, chance to shine. I feel it. That would have been worse than a canceled Masters. (laughs) I I just want that to happen for the Monday show. (laughs) The three of y'all, so angry. Might not even show up that day. Like after the win, I'll just text Will, dude. I'm out tomorrow. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this. Well, it yeah. was annoying because Hey Dad picked Tiger, and then he also I think picked like Old Tom Morris as one of his picks or something too. <laughs> have he and Mike <laughs> Weird? Bobby he? Jones. I had uh, Ben Hogan. I, I had him and I had Kepka. So I had first and third. So that's what that's what carried me. All that matters is yes. that I won, Rippy, and you can just live with it. Yeah, I have. Sorry. Sorry that I know more about golf than you. God. I know. I might have to get you to make my picks for the November Masters. You got it. You said all three of us. I'm not like the DeChambeau hater that Borky and Rippy are. That's true. That's true. You're just mildly I don't hate annoyed. Him. I just find him incredibly annoying. What about Bryson DeChambeau bothers you the most? The fact that he just says physics terms to sound smart and then gets dunked on by actual physicists. What does that happen? Yeah, that's happened more than one on more than one occasion. And he talks about the game and his knowledge of the game as if he's smarter than everyone. Don't you have to win something first before you do that? My way is better than your way, although you beat me. How can you do that? Do you like the idea of all of your golf clubs are the same shaft length? No, but I don't care if he has it either. Just don't you don't have to talk about it. I mean, he does have five tour wins and a Euro tour win. Like I'll give him credit; he's accomplished. But like, like, why do you have to talk about it every two seconds? So, who would you have picked to win it this year? Brooks until his reign of terror on the golf world is over. He has it either. Just don't you don't have to talk about it. I mean, he does have five tour wins and a Euro tour win. Like, Here we go again. I'll give him credit. He's accomplished. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> yeah. like, why do you have yeah. to talk about it every two seconds? Is it doing it all again? Yes, it is. Why does it always yes, start it with is. me? Yes, it is. I turned off the stream again. Uh, I, I got it. You guys you guys just take the rest of the day off. I got this. I'll get the rest of the show. Over. Coming up next. I mean, he does have five tour wins. I, I'm tempted to let you do that, hey, Dad, if you don't have, like, the, uh, the reverb in your ear. Uh, apologies uh, for this. If you're listening to it on the radio and you're hearing an echo, uh, we I are need working to on connect, uh, getting that figured out. Somebody connect Ben Ingram for me, and other than that, I've got it. At least it's not just us. We have a texter let us know that it happened to Gallo this morning. So, Gallo in the morning. Thirty seconds. I'm still later. lobbying for that to uh, come back. Brooks no until question. his reign of terror on the golf that's twice is over. Either just don't you don't have to talk about it. I mean, he does have five tour wins and a Euro tour win. Let me go again. I'll give him credit. He's accomplished. Coming up next We've on got Sports Talk Mississippi. Here. I don't even know what to do. I don't either. Like, normally I'm just crazy. like, oh, roll with it. It's technical issues. We'll get through it. But this is one of those things where, uh, like, I feel like I need to stop talking and just let whatever is going out happen. 
over the air, and then you've got Haydad that just feels the need to start talking because he doesn't hear anything. <laughs> I don't have these problems. I don't have these problems. Don't so. say anything that'll get you fined because it'll turn into five fines. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, Rippy. You would know, right? Wow, my wife just nope. roasted all of us. She said this is way better than the normal show. Mm. Aw, why? It's more of us. That's what she likes. She likes. She wants more of yeah. us. Let's try this one more time, Rippy. Who would you have picked to win the Masters? Honestly, like I, it, like it, it, in terms of storyline or like who I think, because like the combination, like Ricky Fowler would have been cool. Is it a complicated question? Who do you think would have won? I'll go Rick Fowler. Rick Fowler. Does he got a mustache? Has he got a mustache right now, or is he getting rid of that? I don't know. It's too complicated of a question. I haven't checked. It's Fair goatee, enough. probably. Fair enough. And I think Borky, you said just a second ago that you think uh, Brooks Kepka. Uh, you you said until his reign of terror on golf ends. Yeah, I mean, Rippy and I were talking about this earlier. The uh, the stretch that he had, the two-year stretch in majors, is unbelievable. I mean, up up there with the Tiger Slam. I mean, that good in a historical context or any other context you want to provide. So until that ends, I mean, isn't he the favorite to win every major moving forward? He tried to ruin the Tiger Masters. I watched that final round yesterday. I don't know if y'all caught any of that, but the thing with Nance and Tiger popping in via video chat or whatever that was was pretty interesting, but he almost ruined that. Like, we almost had a playoff. Patrick Cantlay is the one that um, people were worried about for a while, right? Was going to really poke a hole in all the fun that everybody was happening uh, a year ago. The human Take wrangling. a quick time out. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We are set to be joined by Ben Ingram from the Atlanta Braves Radio Network on the Farm Bureau phone line in just a couple of minutes. Mississippi with you on this Monday afternoon, April 13th. We are not talking about how it went for Mississippi State and Ole Miss at Duty Noble over the weekend. We are not talking about the weekend's baseball results. We are not talking about how entertaining the Masters was. No, none of those things happened over the weekend. Hopefully, though, we will get some of them back in like a really compact, busy fall sports calendar. Hopefully. Let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com, and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Ben Ingram joins us right now from the Atlanta Braves radio network. Ben, when's the last time that you did not have baseball something happening in the spring and we're just kind of sitting around looking for something to do? Oh, let's see. Maybe 2003. I was in college. Maybe 17 years ago. summer. Yeah, next summer I was doing independent baseball, so I've had baseball every summer since then. Isn't it a weird feeling? It, it really is. I did an interview with, with Freddie Freeman about a week ago. This is a, a Zoom thing that we did, the Braves had on their social media, and I asked him the exact same question. And, and at the same time, his son was sitting there running around in the background, and he's three or four years old. And he said, probably the last time I was his age, pointing to his son, the last time he wasn't involved in baseball. So, yeah, it, it's it's very, very weird. 
Uh, it's weird to not be playing ball right now. It's weird to uh, just hit the eject button on spring training as we still had a couple of weeks left and pulled out of Florida and sent back to Atlanta. And, and everything just hit a screeching halt. And, and it happened so fast. I think that's the weird thing to me is how quickly it all happened. And uh, I remain optimistic that as quickly as it ended, so quickly we can get right back at it. I hope that's the case. I certainly hope that's the case as well. Um, not that you're necessarily in high-level meetings with the commissioner or executives from all over Major League Baseball, but I know you are in the baseball community. Uh, we got the report from Jeff Passan early last week about everybody going and kind of being you know, locked down in Arizona, and then that Major League Baseball kind of threw some cold water on that. And then we got the, the report later in the week that maybe they were thinking about a different um, set up all together where you go Cactus League, Grapefruit League, divisions look all together different. What are you hearing? What, what do you think is, is actually possible in terms of at some point getting baseball back and what it might look like? Well, the good news is we're hearing everything. And I know that baseball is considering everything. I feel like they have a, a very wide table that they're looking to fill with as many ideas as they possibly can. Good ones, bad ones, average ones, uh, and, and find a way to sift their way through all this. I've had the opportunity to speak with some people who are much higher up than myself and, of course, our general manager and others. And I've asked them about the Arizona idea. I've asked them about the Grapefruit League, Cactus League idea. Uh, they were much more open to the uh, what you just laid out with the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League split up into two different leagues. But they still, it, it seems to me that they'll say, well, this makes some sense, but not so much here and, and that kind of thing. It seems like at best they're, they're lukewarm on, on a lot of these ideas. I think this side of opening up the gates for fans in, in all 30 major league ballparks they're very, very hesitant to get out there. Now, at the end of the day, those general managers won't have a lot of, of, of say. I mean, this would come down to Major League Baseball. So I think that they're in the process now of taking every single idea that they, that they can and finding a way to sift through all this. And by the time they give us a green light to have spring training 2.0, wherever that may be, I think Major League Baseball has to be way out in front of this. I think they'll have to have a plan. Uh, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they'll leak that plan to any of us before the, the, the day where they announce everything but I think once we get into uh, into the clearing a little bit that's when they'll come through with whatever plan that may be and, I, and our hope is that we'll be so clear that we can open up all 30 major league ballparks and and have no restrictions with travel or, or anything like that and folks can come into the stadium but even if you get there I think that fans are going to be very reluctant to go into public places especially stadiums unless we have a vaccine for this virus I, I think you'd, you'd see lots of people that'll be very very hesitant to take their fans families out in public so we might have baseball again it might be in front of no one to start the season it might be in front of very very sparse crowds once we get into the season but uh, as much as we all want baseball back i think it's twofold i think it's getting the game back and then getting to a point where people feel comfortable going to games i think those are two very different things ben i i guess i'd like for you to kind of opine a little bit here uh, what is What's reasonable in terms of an abbreviated season? Major League Baseball is is so one sixty two is a magic number, right? I mean, you, you need a hundred and sixty two game season because of record books and being able to compare generations and blah blah blah. And yet, people who aren't necessarily baseball purists go, eh, the season's too long, the game's too slow. Is there an opportunity here for? baseball people to look and go 
you know what, this is this is our chance to maybe get it right. Or, or are they just saying, we got to figure out how to get through this year so we can get everything back to the way it was? Yeah, I think if you get through this year, maybe you draw a few, maybe there's a couple of conclusions you come to and you say, wow, we've never done this before. Maybe we should try that. And, and the good news in that regard is you have uh, a very open-minded commissioner who's open to changing things that have been one way in the game for very, very long. Now, some people think that's very unpopular. Other people are fine with it. I think it depends on the topic that you're talking about uh, because I, I find myself kind of all over the road with some of the things that he's proposed and some of the ideas that to some seem radical. But uh, this comes down to, when it comes to shortening the season, I think lots of people in the game of baseball agree that it probably is a little bit too long. But if you if you drop down on games, then owners are going to be looking to, to give uh, players smaller contracts uh, and not pay them as much money. If we're not opening the gates 162 times, if we're opening the gates 148 times compared to 162, then uh, there's less money at the top. Therefore, there's less money that's going to trickle down. And, and players don't want that, and I know that owners don't want that. So uh, I think that's the hurdle that you cross is making it right monetarily, and that's going to be really tough to do because uh, the players are not going to expect uh, their income to drop off uh, and, and still play fewer games. So um, that, that to me, that would be the hurdle is, is making the, the money right on this thing. But as far as this season goes, we already know that 2020, whatever happens, is going to be a, a major change, a humongous outlier. As far as figuring out what we're going to do, I think you'd first have to come to a conclusion of exactly how many games we could play. If you could get, if you could assure me 50 to 80 games, I'd be very happy with that because there, I, really? I understand that there's the, there's the real possibility that we don't play at all. Uh, but I think if you do that, you could do exactly what you did in 1981. There is a precedent for such a thing where you could split the season into two different halves, uh, like they did with a strike-shortened season in 81. I want to say they played 110 games. They had first-half champions and second-half champions of each division, and those teams made the playoffs. So the good news is, if you're looking for a change in Major League Baseball, something to shake it up, something radical, if we play ball this year, you'll get it because everything will look different than what we normally do. Is there a scenario where if Major League Baseball comes back, it's the first to come back, or is the necessity to have a couple of weeks of spring training to get everybody ready to go not going to allow that to happen? That's a great question, Richard. I've asked multiple players that, position players and pitchers as well, and they all remain adamant that they want some sort of a tune-up. Position players are are fine with – uh, a week to two weeks worth of games. Pitchers need to ramp things up. And it's interesting because I've spoken with starting pitchers and relief pitchers in this time. All those guys have been in communication with our pitching coach, Rick Kranitz. And I'd imagine that's the case uh, with every pitching coach around Major League Baseball. All the starters have a throwing program right now. They all have a place to, to throw somewhere, whether it's in their yard with a mound that they built or whether it's at a high school field or something like that. They maintain a, a certain program of getting up, getting down, and, and throwing X amount of times a week. Same thing for the relievers as well. But those guys would tell you that nothing gets you ready for a major league season like facing major league hitters in an actual game. And, and I think that pitchers would feel like they would need 10 to 15 games in order to do that. And the good news about spring training facilities is you could knock out so much more work in such a smaller amount of time, given you have so many facilities and so many fields at each spring training headquarters. Uh, and and if, you, if it meant going down there for a couple of weeks and ramping these guys up, 
I think Major League Baseball wants to do that. I don't think they want to rush these guys back out onto the field. They would just want to establish when we when it would be safe to have the green light and then make sure that these players, pitchers and, and position players, are all comfortable with the ramp-up time that they receive going up to opening day. And I think Major League Baseball would be very lenient with that. Ben, got about a minute and a half left. I'm curious about the draft proposals that are out there because this you know, has such a tri- trickle-down effect on college baseball, has an effect on minor league systems and even the big league clubs. Do you anticipate this being a five-round draft as has been discussed? Do you think it's going to be ten? Where do we fall on this? Well, I think somewhere between 5 to 10 makes a lot of sense because, look, they have teams that they have to fill out. I mean, the, the reason that you have so many teams is uh, and so many players, well, a lot of these top prospects, quite frankly, need competition. They need guys to play with. And if those guys play well enough and get to the big leagues, great. But a lot of those guys don't. And I could see them saying we're going to have a shortened draft this year. I anticipate a shortened draft. What that number is rounds-wise, I don't know. If it goes beyond 10 rounds, I'd be pretty surprised. Uh, but I do expect a, a big cut down when it comes to the draft and the players that each team brings in because who knows when we start. I mean, short season baseball usually starts around June anyway. If we don't start yeah. until July, uh, maybe you go a full season with, without short season ball. I don't know. Those guys that you would draft would need a place to play, but uh, it, it's very interesting how they would handle all that and go about it. But I would expect a very shortened draft, and uh, best of luck to those guys and whatever they can do for 2020. No doubt about that. And, Ben, thanks as always for your time. Good to visit with you. Thank you, Richard. Good to hear from you. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. We, uh, we normally do this on Mondays, and this, man, would this have been a good Monday for winners and losers if life were normal? Because there would have been a lot of content to use to fill this out. So, going to be a little bit more creative. We don't want to stray too far from uh, the norm. It's time right now for winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. All right, I got an idea. We can do this one of two ways. And, and maybe we do it both. Maybe we're serious first, but then let's give some uh, pretend winners and losers of what the uh, the weekend might have looked like. So you can think on that for a second. So it will be slightly more serious. Um, all of the emergency responders are on the winner's list. The uh, the folks that are, um, and, and I guess I should expand. What are we doing? <laughs> hey, Dad, you need to grab that pizza delivery guy going to drop something off for you? I would order online, so no, it wouldn't be anything like that. You should have answered and just put whoever it was on the air. Hello, Super talk. on the air. <laughs> Uh, not just the first responders in terms of the uh, medical personnel and the law enforcement and the firefighters and the EMS folks that uh, uh, were having to work overtime yesterday on on an Easter Sunday, but also um, the electrical workers and the city workers in uh, in communities all over the state of Mississippi who had to break away from uh, Easter Sunday with their families to try and restore power to save lives, to remove debris, to just do the endless list of things uh, that have to be done 
after a severe weather break uh, breakout like we had yesterday. So that's a, a great big list of winners. Uh, would love to name names, but obviously can't uh, can't do that when you're talking about uh, it's happening all over the state of Mississippi. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Uh, Mississippi State women's basketball. They they got their 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 lady. Nikki McCray Pinson is officially. Wait, is that no official? Wait, I haven't heard it from John Cohen. I don't know. Well, you, do you not follow him on Twitter? He tweeted about it Saturday morning. Is it verified? Plus, you know, I, I wrote an article about it. It's at supertalk.fm. Yeah, but somebody could have hacked his Twitter account. I mean, how do we know? I for mean, I got sure quotes. That, that was actually. I got him? quotes from the man and from the and from the lady. It's a great. There point. you go. So, well yeah, done. but she's uh, it's officially official. the, uh, the yeah officially the head coach now. Uh, and uh, from what I've seen, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of roster attrition. Uh, players like uh, Jessica Carter, Rakia Jackson, Aaliyah Matharu have all been tweeting at Coach McCray Pinson all weekend, saying that we're all in, we're locked in. So. Uh, a what it appears to be a really good Mississippi State uh, women's basketball team looks like it's coming back uh, in for full in basically at full strength uh, for the next for next season. Rippy, give me a winner. Uh, Whoever idea it was to do that re uh, rewatch of the Sunday at Augusta last year with Nance and Tiger Woods, it was kind of boring with the in round commentary. But after the round, it was pretty interesting hearing Tiger talk about like the moment after. Like appreciation for his caddy, everything he went through. I found it to be interesting. Took up a couple hours on a Sunday. How about the uh, the backdrop? Was that like a, a personal golf studio for Tiger, like with padded walls? I that I don't know, but whatever he did, I don't think Tiger has to cut corners. So, uh, yeah, no. probably pretty nice. <laughs> no, I'm sure it was well done. I, I did see... Um, I, I don't remember... Maybe it was the big lead that was comparing... Uh, Phil Mickelson's kind of live chat with uh, with Jim Nance doing it from his mahogany-filled trophy room with the TV mounted on the wall. And then you get Tiger where he's just sitting on a stool with these padded white walls behind him and there are a few golf clubs leaning against the wall. And you're like, that's where he does his mad scientist stuff. And, you know, it's like quiet in there so that you know, it absorbs all the sound. It's not like a reverberation thing when he's in there. What do you think he's doing in there? Honing his golf swing. Trick shots. <laughs> but I did the uh, him coming back on at the end of it with the jacket on was a nice touch. Like he it's didn't have the, the jacket point. on the whole time, and then they popped back in after the round was over as he was finishing, and he had the jacket. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty strong move. Borky, give me a winner. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Even though paying a running back that much money is uh, a bit of a risk, to say the least, uh, four years and $64 million is a good chunk of change, and he has earned every dollar of that by his play so far. So uh, good for Christian McCaffrey, good for the Panthers, at least in the short term. May hamstring him long term, but until then, it's a big payday for the running back. What about losers? Anybody on the losers list? The XFL filed for bankruptcy today. So on Friday, they shut down the league. And then on today, the first business day after shutting down the league, they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I still am not entirely sure what's going on here. I I think Vince McMahon looked at all that was happening and realized he was about to lose a bunch of money. And the billionaire decided he didn't want to lose any more money. And so he just shut it down. Which is just strange because he had very much publicly committed to the fact that we've got the resources in place to see thing, this thing out, and we realize there could be some bumps in the road along the way, but it, it's funded. It's well-funded enough to be able to go forward, and it felt like it was trending in the right direction. 
So I don't entirely get it, but I'm putting the XFL for filing bankruptcy after shutting down on Friday on the losers list. How about Kyle Larson, a guy whose name I learned yesterday? That's a safe choice there. My goodness. Yeah, so NASCAR's been doing this, in case you haven't heard this story yet, NASCAR's been doing this thing where they have uh, more than just NASCAR drivers. You have IndyCar drivers and stuff that are participating in these online races, like via a video game. And Kyle Larson yesterday, while streaming... Um, I guess he was unaware that he was streaming. Doesn't really matter. He said the single word that you cannot say out loud. And it got broadcast to whoever was wanting to watch the stream, clipped, put online for everyone to hear. And uh, he's losing sponsors and has been suspended indefinitely from his racing team, from NASCAR, because he said, again, the one word that you cannot say out loud. Right. And for no apparent reason either. And then you get the quotes after the fact that this isn't how I was raised, this isn't how I talk, there's no excuse for that. But, uh, okay. You can't, the, you can't go with the this isn't how I talk excuse. He was talking as if he, he wasn't on air. Yeah. Yes. And then you, one of his fellow right. drivers chimed in with a... Uh, talking to everybody here, bud. Yep. And then another one, uh, I guess the other guy's mic wasn't on, but his stream was on, and this dude goes, oh, yikes. So, the, uh, yeah. People complaining about the NBA horse thing probably go on the losers list. Did y'all, did y'all catch any of the horse games? I was going to put the actual games on the losers list. See, but my just... thing is, I didn't like it either. Like, five, it, it stunk, but, like, I'm just going to bet the people at ESPN programming in charge there probably didn't have – what to do during a global pandemic that shuts down every sport in the world, uh, just sitting there in the library. So, like, people dumping on it, like, I, I just don't think I'm going to dump on it because we have nothing on television. We don't know how long this is going to last. At least they're trying things. Why discourage people from trying things because it's better than nothing? I, I get, I can get behind your your thought process there, but evidently it, I didn't watch it. I just saw enough of the, the – uh... The commentary and, and and everything else, and know that it. Hold on a second. I thought it sucked. You're complaining sucked. about and like... putting something on the losers list that you didn't even actually see yourself. No, no, no. I'm not complaining about him putting it on the losers list. No, 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 no. I watched it. I actually was in the camp. I thought it was awful. I watched five minutes and said, "This is awful." I'm going back to Wedding Crashers. I just I saw a bunch of other people complaining about it. And I was just like, at least they're trying things. I'm not going to discourage ESPN from no. trying things to entertain people because if yeah. they fail five times and you get one, that's one more entertaining thing than you would normally get during this quarantine thing. And like, this was not directed to hate at either. Like, millions, like I saw hundreds of people complaining about it on Twitter. I was just like, yeah. I'm not going to beat them up too badly over this. At least they tried something. It could have been better done for sure. It was awful. I hated it. I'm going to put Rippy on the winner's list for watching Wedding Crashers, though. Great movie. I had Wedding Crashers and The Breakup going simultaneously before the horse Ooh. thing interrupted. So two of the great Vince Vaughn movies. Wait, simultaneously? Not simultaneously. But like They were uh. on at the same time, so I was flipping <laughs> back and forth two different channels. I wasn't watching two different movies at the same time. I mean, like the double two TV, two Vince Vaughn movies is some galaxy brain stuff right there. Yeah, all I need was dodgeball on the laptop. <laughs> 
If uh, if you have any winners and losers from the weekend that you would like to submit, you can do so on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Experiencing fever, cough, sore throat, or shortness of breath, C Spire and UMMC are partnering to offer free COVID-19 screening through the C Spire Health app for all Mississippians experiencing symptoms. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. The number is 601-879-4395. So, your winners and losers from the weekend. We'll get to those. And also, if life had been normal, our hypothetical winners and losers from the weekend, what was most impressive to you? Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. C Spire text line open to you, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Winners and losers. Let's uh, let's see here. Some of these on the C Spire uh, text line. WDAM weather guys winners always profash, uh, professionals tracking and warning. That is the uh, the television station in Hattiesburg, and uh, those guys did a great job. So uh, good work. We uh, we cited some of the reports that uh, that they had yesterday uh, with the storms in South Mississippi. Uh, Stan and Ripley says loser Kyle Larson, as you would expect, winner. Uh, super talk when the weather is bad. Always tune in to get you guys until the power goes out. That's from Stan and Ripley. Stan, we appreciate that. And don't forget, you can download the app, the Super Talk Live app. So even if the power goes out, you can continue to uh, listen on the stream. Dave and McComb, loser, Saturday Night Live, it needs to go away. Any of you Saturday Night Live guys? Last one I watched was the one that Dave Chappelle host, hosted. So that was what, two, three years ago? Why did you stop watching after that? I had stopped watching long before that. I just watched that one because Dave Chappelle oh, was hosting it. For Dave Chappelle, I got you. Yeah. What did they do this weekend? It was like Saturday Night Live, but all from home? Yeah, Tom Hanks was the host. Hmm, gotcha. I saw people, again, I didn't watch it, but I saw people complaining about it. Don't know what went wrong, though. Uh, let's see here. Rob in Jackson says winner NFL network for its replay of a football life. Steve McNair. Great, uh, great documentary there. Um, all right, let's do hypothetical winners and losers. Let's pretend there is no coronavirus. The weekend went as scheduled uh, I would love to congratulate Kale Baker on another uh, SEC Player of the Week award. I never thought you would see an Ole Miss baseball player hit five home runs over the course of three games in Starkville. It was a uh, an incredible performance for him. Ole Miss would have liked to have won all three games, but to win a series in Starkville, pretty good weekend. So uh, Kale Baker, SEC Player of the Week on the winners list. Anybody else want to give it a shot? Oh, you're making me sad. But in honor of the NBA season supposed to be ending on Wednesday, how about the the New Orleans Pelicans? They hit their stride at the end of January. They caught the Memphis Grizzlies, got the eight seed, and they're going to get beat by the Lakers in five. But still, making the playoffs in year one with an incredibly young team, uh, really impressive under the new regime. So good for them. 
You know what, Richard, I'll let you have your little baseball fantasy right there. Uh, let's go with uh, I was really impressed with what Mississippi State's receivers did in the spring game. You know, that was obviously <laughs> going to be the uh, the big question mark. Those guys catch the football, but all of them did. You had seven different receivers catch five or more passes. State Both Schrader and Keaton Thompson completed 65% of their passes. State threw for a total of 963 yards and nine touchdowns in this spring game. So Were there I don't only know seven guys like. playing defense in the scrimmage? Man, I'm telling you right now, the defense didn't look all that bad. They made a couple of picks. They, they were able to, to rush the passer a little bit. But, man, if that's what this offense is going to look like come fall, I'm very, very excited. Well, if this I'm sorry, you said looks- 900 passing yards on 126 passing attempts, right? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Ball was in the air. Yeah. Kylan Hill, though, 145 yards rushing on, on 17 carries. I mean, you say they had such a good day across the board. Are are you saying that there's now a quarterback competition entering the fall? No, I still think Costello is the guy when he gets here. Because if that's what Schrader and and Thompson are going to do, I'm excited to see what uh, a a true pro-style top prospect quarterback can do. Fair enough. All right, hey, Dad, I'll give you one. Since Ole Miss won the series, which game did Mississippi State win this weekend in Starkville? Pitcher's duel on Friday night. Christian McLeod takes down Doug Nikhazy. Two one. It was the Thursday, Allen. Friday, Saturday series. Oh, Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thursday night. Sorry, glad to see Tanner Allen back in the uh, the lineup as well. He had you know obviously been Ooh. out with injury, but came back in and played really well even in uh, those two losses. I'm really fascinated that that's the game you picked. I mean, I think you did it with some reason, but that means in front of the smallest crowd of the weekend, Mississippi State won, and then Ole Miss backsided the series in front of eleven thousand well, on Friday night yeah. and nearly fourteen thousand on Saturday. Really poor umpiring all weekend. You know, that play at the plate on Saturday was a joke. That's vintage Haydad right there. <laughs> Rippy, who's your hypothetical winner from the weekend? Uh, I guess I'll stick with Ricky Fowler. Congrats on winning the jacket. Hate that DeChambeau is not around for the weekend, but that Friday 84 was tough. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, did Tiger have a smile on his face when he put the jacket on? Absolutely. On Ricky? What did Tiger do this weekend? Did he make uh, the cut? The, the hypothetical didn't go that far. Tied for second. Did Tiger make the cut? Yeah, easily. Okay. Uh, there you go. Uh, Mike in Oxford uh, wanted to uh, put Doug Nikhazy on the winner's list for the no-hitter that he threw, which flies in the face of Haydad's hypothetical in which Christian McLeod outdueled Doug Nikhazy. What was the score to that game, by the way? 2-1. Two, 2-1? One. Two to one. Yeah. Got done only in two old, hours and 25 minutes. Only Ole Miss run was that uh, solo home run by Cale Baker. <laughs> Mike in Oxford says, loser is uh, Chris Lamonis for becoming the first SEC manager to be ejected from all three games in a series. <laughs> I told you, the umpiring was terrible. He was all over. It was bad. It was awful. It was bad. Jerry in Brookhaven, loser. Patrick Reed caught kicking a ball from behind the tee. That sounds about the guys right. I'm sorry. Know, from, I, I couldn't read that right. From behind a tree. The guys at No Laying Up made a really uh, accurate observation. Have you ever noticed that since Patrick Reed won the Masters, he is on zero promotional material whatsoever? Even the thumbnails on the website, on the Masters website, where you can click on to, to watch highlights from the wins, uh, mm-hmm. he like he, he's not on it. They are... 
trying as hard as they can to just not acknowledge that he won their tournament. Richard, just so I'm right, just for my, my mental state here, if you get tossed from a game, aren't you eligible to be there for the next game in the Player, SEC? not manager. I, I think manager gets one pass. A coach gets a pass? Okay. Well, if surely you get if you got ejected two games, games in a row, you're definitely not going to be there coach on third. Sunday. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Three. Yeah. Um, Can't decide if this winner, is making Brandon me sad Woodruff. or not. It is. What? I said I can't decide if this is making me sad or not. Oh, you got to have some fun with this. Got to. <laughs> Stan and Ripley says winner Brandon Woodruff, seven innings, one hit, eight strikeouts against the uh, the uh, Reds, and he also had a home run. Ooh. Loser Rory McIlroy shoots another eighty on Sunday after carrying a four shot lead into the final round. That's tough. Yikes. Rippy uh, and I were talking about that this one. morning. And I mean, Speeth's collapse? He was seven under at the turn and hit his tee shot on 13 at one under. Yeah. He birdied the hole, but still. He birdied 13. 13. Yeah. When did it fall apart for him? On 10. No, it was 11. It was 11 and 12 because he hit, what, two balls in the water on 12 and took a seven. Yeah. And that's why it was just painful. The second one to go in the water just hurt. I'm not even a big you know speed the, guy, but, oh. The crazy thing about 12, now, I get that we're not talking about Sunday with, you know, 40,000 fans on the property and the, the weight of trying to. That's not a hard tee shot. It's, it's it's not a hard tee, especially for those guys. It's it's not a difficult tee shot. It's a 150 yard shot. All you got to do is hit it to left center part of the green and two putt to to make your par. And and so why do why do so many players have so much trouble there? Same thing with the 17 at, at Sawgrass. I mean, it's what is it? A wedge, a long wedge, or a a short iron into a massive green, and yet they hit balls in the water all the time there. It's got to be mental. I guess so. I, uh, I mean, I, I absolutely could get you, you know, if you're aiming left and you get a little too much or you double cross it or whatever, you kind of are in the trees or whatever, but it's just not a, Terribly difficult shot to not hit it in the water at 12 at Augusta. Maybe you've got all of those videos rolling through your head of all the guys who have hit it in the water, you know, who have lost lost the golf tournament on that hole. I don't know. Uh, Hogman's hypothetical. Drew Pomerantz on the mound in Oxford and pitching to Cox in the last inning after intentionally walking him the whole game. What? How did Drew Pomerantz no get idea. more eligibility? It's like 35. Well, the NCAA's giving it back to everybody, you know? I guess. Jeez. He got grandfathered Hogman in. Is, Hogman's from New Sight, and Cox? he's a... Uh, he, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we like just went back into the, the... The idea was the events, Hogman, that were supposed to happen this past weekend. But... Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. 
even did a little time in the slammer. What was I thinking? College football fix is just around the corner. ESPN has released their QBU, running back U, and wide receiver U lists, combining the BCS and the college football playoff era. So we're talking 1996 forward, 97 forward. Is that right? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking about that. We'll look at uh, some lists, uh, some interesting ones. Um, and apparently, people are mad about this, right? You you put out a list with an ESPN graphic on it, and uh, people get mad. Yeah, there's an egregious omission though in the wide receiver group. So we'll get to that. Okay. Did uh, did you see the story from Sports Business Journal today? John Arand put it out that ESPN is asking its top 100 on-air personalities to take a voluntary 15% pay cut for the next three months? I did see that. Sign to the times, sadly. It's it's just the reality that we're all facing with uh, sports not being here. What do you make of that, by the way? It's a hell of a lot better than layoffs. I mean, it's it's terrible. And, I mean, people are going to have to adjust the way they live because of it. Because even though they've got guys that are making gaudy amounts of money to announce games, I mean, I imagine, you would know better than me, but I imagine when you get into the 90s, those are people that, I mean, they get paid well because they're announcers for ESPN. It's a good gig, but it's not like they've got a $10 million a year contract or something like that. So, People in those number range, I imagine taking a pay cut's not going to be easy, but it is much better than the series of layoffs that you've seen other uh, major broadcasting companies do with their sports people recently. Had somebody tell me that about half a million was the cutoff on this, so roughly $500,000 and up. So you're talking about all you know, network commentators, and so... You know, a Stephen A. Smith at eight makes eight million a year. I mean, and again, you got to remember. I mean, so so fifteen percent of eight million. You're talking about what one point two million dollars. It's a lot of money, but it's a lot of money. But you're also talking about spread out over one one point two million of eight million is spread out over twelve months. So you're yeah. talking about you know a quarter of that. It's still a lot of money. Um, you know, Mike Greenberg makes a ton of money. Don't you but feel like probably? Don't you feel like ESPN well, will make good on these people though when this is all said and done and everything's sort of back to normal? That anything you gave up, you'll probably end up getting back down the road. These people, these guys have worked for ESPN for a long, long time. They have great relationships. You, it feels like these companies will do right by these people when it's all done. I I would think so. I don't know that they were will ever actually pay them this money back, but my guess would be that when it's time to negotiate a new contract, that that's something that agents would lean on. Hey, remember there was a tough time not too terribly long ago, and we were willing to work with you for the overall good. It's time for you to work with us as well. My, my guess is that's how those conversations would go. Do, sh- should everybody be asked to do this, though? 
I mean, so, so, so here's what I'm getting at. Kirk Herbstreet being asked to give up 15% in April, May, and June when he's not working and he's got a seven-figure deal, that's one thing. What about Mike Greenberg, who's worked every single day that basically the company's been shut down? It's a really good question. He makes $6.5 million, but he's working every day. Scott Van Pelt is working every single night. And probably harder than they've ever had to. I don't know if you guys said it, but is, did they tell us where, like, where's the cutoff? What's what is highly paid? You know, it's who, the, who is the, the top one hundred the first people? Guy. Okay, yeah. so yeah, whoever one hundred one is, is what just sitting there like, all right, I'm okay. <laughs> if you're one hundred one, yeah, like, Boogs. I've never like, been so happy to make four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars instead of five hundred fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, executive VPs have taken thirty percent cuts, twenty five percent for senior vice presidents, twenty percent for vice presidents. So it's not something that's just happening. Uh, but there have been no furloughs for on air talent at uh, at ESPN because those people are operating on contracts versus kind of being at will employees. It's um, it's an interesting time. Uh, the story at Sports Business Journal points out Stephen A. Smith, Mike Greenberg, Alex Rodriguez, Kirk Herbstreet, all of whom are in believed to be in seven-figure deals. It's the kind of thing, though, that's happening everywhere. I mean, we talk about it at ESPN because this is a sports show, and obviously ESPN is a very prominent outfit. You've uh, you got that happening all over the country. Sports Talk Mississippi will take a timeout. College Football Fix is next with you. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. I'm only going to mention this. This is I, This is not political. The hey, Dad, you think I'm about to get political, don't you? I just, I just start getting. This is something you're going to learn that every time you start to go down that road, that's the face that I make. No, I'm, I'm just an observation. I'm just going to tell you what's happening. I'm not giving any commentary about it one way or the other. No, I, as we, I'm in my home office. Hey, Dad is in the Starkville studio. Rippy's in the Oxford studio. Borky's in Studio X in Jackson, and I've got a television in my home office, and. Normally, while we're on the air, when we're in the Oxford studio, I would have on ESPN or ESPN2 or SEC Network or something like that because, you know, there's sports going on. There's no sports going on, and so we know we've got these daily presidential press conferences, so I just put them on in the background. And I was watching during the break, and I told Borky a couple of things the president said, and I was just kind of amused by them. I mean, he just just goes after people. And, you know, maybe it's presidential, maybe it's not. I'll leave that for somebody else to decide. Whatever. You love the guy, you hate the guy. He just said, he he was outlining what a good job the administration had done in the response. He said, we're going to lower the lights, and I'm going to step aside and say, we're going to show you this video. They have a produced timeline video that is outlining the administration's response to coronavirus and highlighting it and, like, calling out people that have written negative things and 
the New York Times said this, but this was that. It's like a full-on, like they're not even pretending that they're not using these as campaign rallies. Which, I mean, if you're the president, you get to do that, I guess. Good, good to be the king. It's just, I've never seen anything like that. So, I mean, obviously that is for the sake of going out over the networks that are broadcasting the press conferences so everybody in America can see. But they're like... 20 press people that just sat there and watched that. I, I just wonder what the reaction was like in the room. Does that not intrigue any of you, like the political theater that goes along with this? I can't stress enough how little it does. Hey, Dad, you're not even willing to, like, you, you won't even have an observation. Never mind, I voted this way, I voted this way, this is how I, like, not even an observation of something that's happening politically. No. None. Rippy, where did you get that Bernie hat? Are those like collector's editions now? <laughs> you mean this mad tree hat? I've been wondering what kind of hat that was for like three Whatever days. Whatever you want to call it. It is Didn't a uh, brewery in Ohio, uh, but I guess it is not anymore. Yeah. Anyway. I like beer. I was just sharing I'll, 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 I'll comment on that... beer. If you want to talk about that, I'll, I'll give you all my beer comments. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go back, and I mean, I'm sure everybody will be talking about it tonight if you watch news shows or, or whatever. So um, you can check it out for yourself later on this evening. I, again, no political commentary related to that. Just that's what's happening. Uh, and it's happening right now. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. The C Spire text line is open 601 879 4395. 601-879-4395. Experiencing fever, cough, sore throat, or shortness of breath? C Spire and UMMC are partnering to offer free COVID-19 screening through the C Spire Health app for all Mississippians Excuse me, experiencing symptoms. Just download the app to quickly connect with a UMMC clinician. Right from your phone, UMMC can help diagnose your symptoms and assess whether you should be tested for COVID-19. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. Dot com. You may give you one more anecdote. Hey, Dad. Sure. I don't. I don't even know what he was talking about. But he goes. Joe Biden released the statement. Well, I mean, somebody wrote it for him. Who are we kidding? He doesn't even know it got released. Is <laughs> <laughs> the president saying that uh. about his opponent? Goodness. <sighs> wow. Um, hey, Borky, how about a little college football fix? It's NFL music. I know, but goes. there's not that many college football songs. College football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. Plenty of F-150s out there available to you. Good savings, 43 consecutive years as the number one selling truck in America. Test drive one today. Don't forget the uh, service center at your local Mississippi Ford dealer is open. Some of them are offering convenient pickup and delivery options while you are practicing social distancing, just reach out to them and find out what's available in your area. Uh, all right, QBU 
Running back you, wide receiver you. ESPN put these lists out. We're talking the BCS to the CFP era. So 2020 going back to the mid-90s. Which, uh, which position group you want to do first? Let's start with wide receiver. Because I think the running back list is actually a pretty good one. Uh, okay. Leaving Georgia off was... I mean, you could flip them with Auburn, but otherwise pretty good. I think the wide receiver group, you have the most egregious omission, and then Alabama's placement doesn't make any sense to me at all. All right. Wide receiver, you top 10. We'll go from 10 to 1. Number 10, Notre Dame. And they put three or four guys to highlight why a specific group. So we're talking 1996 through 2020. Notre Dame's list, pretty good one. Golden Tate. Will Fuller, Michael Floyd. Alabama at number nine. Maybe a little recency bias here, but that's okay. Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Jerry Judy. Those were just the four that they highlighted. Number eight on the list, Michigan. Devin Funchess, Braylon Edwards, David Terrell. Number seven is Florida, Percy Harvey. Percy Harvin, Andre Caldwell, Antonio Callaway. Oklahoma at number six with Marquise Brown. That's Hollywood Brown. Ryan Broyles, Sterling Shepard. LSU at five. OBJ, Michael Clayton, Jarvis Landry. Oklahoma State at number four. James Washington, Justin Blackman, Des Bryant. Florida State's had some good ones. They're number three on the list. Kelvin Benjamin. Rashad Green, Peter Warwick, Whew. Ohio State at number two, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., David Boston, and number one on the wide receiver U top ten rankings put together by ESPN Stats and Info. University of Southern California, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams, Dwayne Jarrett. Borky, you it. say there is an obvious and glaring omission. What is it? They're all recent players, so maybe that's what did it. But how is Clemson not on here somewhere? Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams. T. I mean, these are guys still on the team. T. Higgins, Justin Ross. But you can put those first Hunter two. Renfro. Hey, th- sure. Throw Renfro in there, too. I mean, he's <laughs> what, he, he made some clutch plays in big moments himself, obviously. But... The duo of Watkins and Hopkins not being ahead of Golden Tate and Will Fuller and Michael Floyd, get, give me a break. Just miss me with that. And then I don't understand how they all have three receivers listed, except for Alabama, who has four. <laughs> and that nine. doesn't list and that doesn't list Devontae Smith or Henry Ruggs, and they're ninth. I mean, am, am I supposed to believe that if I gave a college football coach the option of taking the four guys he's got listed for Alabama or the three guys he's got listed for USC, they're not taking the Alabama group every single time? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Borky, were you saying that Alabama should not be on the list? No, they should be higher. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I You could get me to flip them in LSU. If you gave me... Cooper, Ridley, Jones, and Judy over Beckham Jr., Clayton, and Landry. I would take the Alabama group, I think. You want to know what trio? 
It, it, you want to know a trio I would take over Golden Tate, Will Fuller, and Michael Floyd? And this is going to get me in a lot of trouble probably. But I would take Laquan Treadwell, D.K. Metcalf, and A.J. Brown over those three for sure. I'd take them over the Michigan three too. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's say what say you, you want. Have to cut one of the four in the Alabama group Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Julio <laughs> Jones, Jerry Judy. You've got to get rid of one of those four. Who do you cut? How do probably, you cut? Probably Ridley, but man, that is really, really tough. Ooh. I thought because of recency, you were going to say, I eh, just cut Jerry Judy. We hadn't seen no, him no, in the Judy NFL yet. I think he yeah. is special. We'll look at quarterback you and running back you when we continue with the college football fix driven by Ford on Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, you like this song or no? Huge fan. That a boy. Remember that day I played it three times in a row just because you love it so much? Exactly. That's why I knew where we were going with that. So. <laughs> I have no recollection of what you were talking about. Do you not like this song? He hates it. I'm not a big fan why? of that song. No. That's just not a great song. That was the day we were at uh, Northwest. For the football game? Before yeah. the uh, yeah the the game between North uh, Northwest and East Mississippi, correct. I barely remember what we had for lunch yesterday. Well, Saturday. I remember yesterday. Did you guys have a good Easter lunch or brunch or whatever it was? Yeah. What'd you eat? Uh, ham, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, green beans, mm. homemade rolls, oh. and red velvet cake. Well done. It was good. Homemade red velvet cake or like store? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Jennifer made it. That's the best meal you've ever described on the radio, hey, Dad? Well, my wife cooked it, so that's why. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Rippy, did you hang around uh, your parents for uh, Easter lunch before you hit the road? Yeah, but we didn't really do anything special. We did breakfast and then like a quick lunch. Gotcha. Did you cook big for Easter lunch, Borky? Did not. No, I had to do the uh, the show yesterday morning. Then my wife and I all watched church yesterday, and, and she just cooked uh, spaghetti. We did not go to the store or anything this weekend. Just practice our social distancing. At least that's the excuse for not doing it anyway. There you go. We, uh, we've been cooking a ton. A lot, of, a lot of grilling out, which has been awesome. You've had the perfect weather for it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, but we did the catered Easter brunch yesterday. So a uh, couple of different local businesses. So um, Bottle Tree is kind of our go-to spot for you know coffee and breakfast stuff. So pick that up on Saturday. And then um, Elizabeth High School, who we've had on the show a number of times working yeah. in the past. She's helped us with Super Bowl recipes and whatnot. Uh, so she catered kind of a, uh, a brunch deal. It was fantastic. And there were enough leftovers for breakfast this morning, too. Whew. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Uh, running back you. Top 10. 
We did wide receiver you, and I think we all agree that Alabama should be higher on the list than they are. They are slotted at number nine just before Notre Dame and just after Michigan. Hey, Dad, I, I mean, I, I would love to know more about how they put these lists together. Are they are the slots based on the three best players or the four best players from that entire 15-year era, or are you just saying – there's been star after star after star after star, and these are the biggest stars. Yeah, I'm not really sure where, where they're going with this. Yeah, they did not um, announce how, but, but it criteria. came from the stats and info yeah. people. Right. I mean, but to you me, said A.J. Brown, Laquan Treadwell, D.K. Metcalf, if you were doing it based on, I mean, based on NFL production, okay, D.K. Metcalf obviously there. But if you were doing it on college production, you could make the argument that you go A.J. Brown, Laquan Treadwell, Dante Moncrief. Moncrief or Demarius Stringfellow had a couple good years there. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then looking at the running back one, how is Georgia not on this? If Again, it's just the BCS. Oh, that's, a, uh, that's a good question. All right. So, BCS so here's the running back. Playoff era. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, going BCS. So, we're talking 97 through 2020. Number 10 on the list. You're going to tell you how hard it is to crack this list? Number 10, Auburn, Cadillac, Ronnie ba- Brown, and Trey Mason. Do you know how good those three guys were? Number nine. And who's not on the list, by the way, is the guy who led the SEC in rushing his, his one year at Auburn, Rudy Johnson. It's a good point. Do you know how good these guys were at number nine? Darren McFadden who some would argue is the best college running back to ever play. I'm just saying some would argue. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying there are people who would argue that. Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis, and they were all on the same team. Yeah, that group was so good that Houston Nutt only lost four games with them. Number eight, Oregon, LaMichael James, Jonathan Stewart, LeGarrette Blunt. Kind of feels like Georgia should be on the list in replacing ahead of that group. Yeah, guys, those dudes were good. They were good, but were they? I mean, just, they just were for the record, good. for the the era we're talking about, and I'll just give you four. But I can get Chubb, Gurley, Michelle, and No. Sean Marino for Georgia. I mean, come on, Terrell Davis was before, right? Yeah, yeah. So was Robert Edwards, of course. You know, so was Herschel Walker. Number seven, Texas. Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, uh, Jamal Charles. It's a pretty solid group right there. Number six. Here's a surprise on the list for you. Pittsburgh. So if I just say Pittsburgh and I stop right there, you go, <laughs> come on. And then I say... James Conner, LaShawn McCoy, Deion Lewis. Pretty good list. Oh, that's a good list. But it's Uh, not better than Georgia. Miami, number five. Frank Gore, Willis McGahee, Edron James. And you're leaving out Clinton Portis. Number four, Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson. Mm. 
He was special. Samaj P. Ryan, DeMarco Murray. Whew. Number three, LSU. Leonard Fournette, Kevin Falk, Jacob Hester. What was the first year I love of the BCS? Jacob Hester. Great dude. I don't know that. I mean, he's not the same as those other two, though. And you don't have Darius Geis on here either. Number two, Wisconsin. Rondane, Melvin Gordon, Monte Bell. Ball. I'm sorry. Ball. Monte Ball. There's like two or three more. They, They didn't put Jonathan Taylor on there. Number one, Alabama. Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Sean Alexander. Left off the 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 the, the, the second best guy in my opinion, and Trent Richardson. All right, so who out of that group are you booting to put Georgia in? Oregon, Oregon. I would agree as well. And the thing is, so all three of those Arkansas running backs were on the same team, but if we're talking the U of the era, those were three guys on the same team. What about every other Arkansas team? You know what I mean? Doesn't that lessen the merit of their appearance? Yeah. They're not really a running back U if you had, you know, you had one good year, but, or maybe I guess you could say well, two or three Arkansas's good years. Arkansas had but. some other good running backs, but I mean, Darren McFadden and Felix Jones were kind of the standard bears, and then Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden. <laughs> <laughs> That, guys, that list, though. Yeah, wow. I told you, man. Running back was solid. Would you would, gonna, would you be okay with dumping Pittsburgh and sticking Georgia in there? Yeah, over, yeah, I would. Ooh, here's a take. Is Pittsburgh's group better than Auburn's? Mm, no. No. And again, I can I can get Rudy Johnson in there. And I'm, I'm probably missing a couple other guys. I mean, Auburn always has good running backs. Well, two years ago was the first year they hadn't had a 1,000-yard rusher in yeah. like 13 seasons. I mean, didn't Cameron Artis Payne lead the, uh, lead the SEC in rushing? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but he's not going on this list. Come on. He's not, but I'm just saying. He led the SEC in rushing. I mean, Trey Mason was an absolute home run. It, was he with – he was with Cam Newton, right? No, that would have been uh, – he was with Nick Marshall. That's uh, right. Michael, That's Di- right. Michael Dyer that was the running back you're thinking of. Yeah. That list is something now. So we'll get into uh, quarterback you when we come back. So wide receiver you, USC number one. Running back you, Alabama number one. Quarterback you – Look at those coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Don't forget, C Spire text lines open 601 879 4395. C Spire, customer inspired.
Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Pat sent us this message earlier today, and I want to be sure that I got it in. Uh, I think it was all Wednesday or Thursday last week when we talked about the release from Ole Miss in which uh, campus was closing until August 1st. No camps, nobody on campus, no activities, etc. And included in that was... There was like this tag on there that, uh, hey, this includes athletics. I think it was Dan Wolken that added that tag to it via Twitter. And we got a message later that evening from a spokesperson at Ole Miss that said, hey, just to clear up any confusion, this does not pertain to intercollegiate athletics. It's sports camps, summer camps, athletic programs that are going on during the summer, academic camps, summer school, all of that good stuff. But if the SEC or the NCAA or whomever's in charge says, hey, football season's going to start on September the fill-in-the-blank, and you're allowed to start practicing football on the 7th of July, then that doesn't mean Ole Miss has to wait until August 1st because of that announcement that came out last week. So just thought I'd clear that up. I don't think we ever got back around to that last week, Borky, and uh, uh, had a couple of people that have pointed that out. So, And and again, that's not unique to Ole Miss. I think Arkansas doesn't open their campus until August 3rd. If the SEC says you can start practicing football on July 7th because the season's going to start on September 5th, I can assure you there will be 130 football players and staff members and trainers and everything else in Fayetteville. Same thing in Starkville. Have they made an official announcement about campus being closed until that late that you've seen? Not that I have seen, no. Yeah. People Um, did use that as the see I told you so stuff, though, as if circumstances change, they won't like undo that cancellation very quickly. What was the I told you so out of it? Uh, just, see, we're not getting back to normal. Football's going to be delayed because they're not letting students... All- You're Dan Wilkins of the world that you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Great guy. All right, so we've done wide receiver you. What's the chuckling? Nothing, nothing at all. You liked my commentary? Yes. I just want to read this exact message that I got so I didn't uh, mess it up. Ah, never mind. Whatever. Uh, so we've done wide receiver you. We've done running back you. How about quarterback you? These are the lists that were put together by ESPN. Top 10 of the BCS and CFP eras. Had Southern Cal as number one in the wide receiver you category. Alabama number one in the running back U category. By the way, is Alabama who you would have at number one? Yes, because I mean, how many? I don't know how they listed, but they didn't put T.J. Yeldon or Eddie Lacy or uh, Trent Richardson. I mean, that is a ton of guys. Wisconsin does have a good argument, but not a good enough argument. Sean Alexander would be in there. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with Alabama. I feel like Wisconsin has four-year starters at running back, and they all rush for like 1,800 yards a year for four years, and so you've only had like four running backs in that yeah. time period. <laughs> they just break each other's record. Yeah. 
All right, quarterbacks, number 10, Ohio State. They highlight Troy Smith, J.T. Barrett, and Dwayne Haskins. No claim to Joe Burrow there for uh, Ohio State, but <laughs> might would have helped their cause. I don't know, looking at the rest of this list, and I know the listener hasn't heard it yet, I don't know who you would put ahead of them. I mean, Smith did win the Heisman. His pro career wasn't anything at all, but Heisman Trophy winner is a Heisman Trophy winner. Well, how sure. is this Wade? Because two years ago, NC State had like four of the 32 NFL starting quarterbacks. Maybe it was more than yeah. two years ago at this point. Feels like they're using college career because well, they had Kelvin yeah. Benjamin for Florida State. and Last year alone, what, NC State would have had Russell Wilson, Phillip Rivers, and uh, and Jacoby Brissett. Who am I missing? Uh, well, the right. Mike Glennon? Yeah, Mike when Glennon. he signed with the Bears. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Hmm. Did you say Daniel Jones? Oh, that was Duke, not NC State. Duke, Sorry. yeah. My bad. Um, you know, Ohio State, though, yeah, I mean, you don't include Cardell Jones. I mean, his was such a short little window. Yeah. And or Braxton, you don't uh, include Braxton Miller. Terrell Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Man, Terrell Pryor was unreal. Ohio State should definitely be ahead of the next team that we're going to talk about. Without a doubt. Number I don't even nine, know how this happened. Texas A&M? Ryan oh. Tannehill. Johnny Manziel, Kellen Mond. I would rather you just put Johnny Manziel's name and say, look, that's good enough for us to be in the top ten. Good enough. Yeah. Kellen Mond. I like Kellen Mond. I'm not I don't think he's terrible, but he his his college career is best summed up by being saying he's he's been pretty good. And I just I'm not I sure he's a top four quarterback in the SEC this year. Tannehill was a receiver for most of college, was he not? He had 55 receptions his freshman year and 46 his sophomore year. Yeah. Number eight, Florida. (laughs) Sexy Rexy, Chris Leak, and Tim Tebow. Tebow lifts them up. What? Was the people actually call Rex Grossman that? I don't know. I've <laughs> I've heard it before. I don't. I was just think making I sure I hadn't missed up. anything there. Uh, Rex Grossman, think Chris Leak, who we Tim missed there. Chris Leak was remarkable. Really good player in college. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he ever took a snap even in a camp at the NFL level. But yeah. it's okay. Uh, Auburn, Jason Campbell, Cam Newton, Jarrett Stidham. Are we really this star for great quarterback play that Jason Campbell? I mean, Jason Campbell's a good college quarterback. Sidham was a good college quarterback. But that's the number seven. I mean, again, Cam Newton is just elevating them. I would put Nick Marshall's name on this list before I put Stidham. Why Auburn ahead of Florida? I don't get it. Because Cam Newton was spectacular in his one season. Don't get me wrong, but wouldn't you stack or Tebow's ahead of Ohio career? State. Yeah, seriously, ahead of Ohio State. But if Cam's carrying Auburn, Tebow's career on par, probably better than Cam Newton's, as special as he was. I mean, he only had one year. Yeah. Tebow did it a lot. Yeah. I mean, if he hadn't thrown that laptop out the window, who knows? But. Yeah. On further review, that's like the least surprising thing that ever happened to him. State could have been on this list if Cam Newton had come to State because with Cam and Dak, surely that gets them on, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The wide receiver Ryan Tannehill and Kellen Mond's a tough one to beat. Kellen Mond. Yeah. <laughs> 
Number six on the list, Louisville. Brian Brom, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I couldn't pick Brian Brom out of a lineup of two. I, he's, he's a good player. Louisville, I get. Bridgewater and Lamar are great, but yeah. Uh, number five, Florida State. Chris Winkie, EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston. By the way, is Chris Winkie now officially getting AARP invitations in the mail? He might be. Chris Ricks didn't make the list. What's a shame. <laughs> His hair was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, Texas. It's a pretty good list here. Major Applewhite, Vince Young, Colt McCoy. They're number four on the list. No problems there. Oregon at number three. Joey Harrington playing the piano. Marcus Mariota winning a Heisman. And Justin Herbert now more attractive than Tua? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Am I the only one that was hearing that fuzz? Hey, we got rid of it. No, we got rid of it. Okay. Uh, number two. Masoli didn't make that Oklahoma. List? No, Masoli was not one of the Oregon quarterbacks that they included. It's a shame. Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, and Kyler Murray. How is this not number one? That's three Heisman Trophy winners and three number one picks. How is that not number one? I mean, it's not like the group in front of them is bad. It's not bad, but it's not. There's no way. There's no possible way you could tell me that that's. There's three Heisman Trophy winners and three number one picks. And Darnold on this next one weighs it down a little bit. He was a good player, but he wasn't a Heisman I Trophy believe winner. Whoever put these lists together, just based on what we're seeing here, obviously went to USC. Because he's got USC first for this and for receiver with Juju Smith-Schuster or whatever his name is. Come on. No. As if the surprise wasn't spoiled for you, number one on the list, Southern Cal, Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart, Sam Darnold. You know, part yeah, of the Mark thing to Sanchez me about Southern Cal. For. Well, I, okay. Let's hold on for a second, though. Part of the thing for me about Southern Cal is, I mean, those are the three names that you put there. If we're talking about quarterback you, and you want to add about seven more names of really, 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 really good quarterbacks between 1997 and current, you can do that at Southern Cal. Oklahoma can give you four Heisman Trophy winners because you can include Jason White. Could you weigh in Matt Castle? <laughs> if there was a revote, yes, yeah, so Jason White won. still win the Heisman. No. What does he do now? Sell you a nice F-150. I'll look oh, up his LinkedIn right. during the break. Sports talk, a car salesman? True.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.